Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. You know, I always wear long sleeves like I'm wearing now, just because I like it, but it's so interesting how shocking it is to people. Like if I'm in a bathing suit, because I forget that my whole body is tattooed. I remember doing an interview with Ellen and I think it was probably the worst interview I've ever done. And uh, I honestly feel like it was because they had asked me to wear a short dress. They were like, we want to see tattoos and stuff. And I was like, I don't really wear like mini skirts and stuff, but I'll do it for you guys. I showed up and I think when I sat across from her and she just saw like my legs fully tattooed, I just got this sense of like, oh, it's too much for you. It's too much for some people. And that's okay. Like I said, I don't get tattooed for other people, but I forget how shocking it can be. So I usually cover up a lot and the conversations are a lot different. I do wonder if there's that old school mentality of, oh, are you trying to tell me something? Yeah. Because we're all self-absorbed. Yeah. I think if someone doesn't understand something, they usually process it a lot different. You right. Know? Kat, will you read your... My intro? Yeah, do you mind? <laughs> sure. I'll be blushing the entire time, but as long as everybody knows I didn't write this. <laughs> okay, ready? Okay. Catherine von Drakenberg, known as Kat Von D, was born March 8th, 1982 in Montemorelos, Nuevo León, Mexico. She is an American tattoo artist, model, musician, author, entrepreneur, and television personality. She became known for her work as a, a tattoo artist on the TLC reality television show LA Inc. and is now known for her hugely successful clothing, shoe, and beauty lines. Kat's passion for animals, humanity, and the environment have inspired her activism, as well as her motivation to vocalize and inspire veganism and anti-animal cruelty. Her beauty and clothing lines are founded on this philosophy. Okay, that was great. I feel like you were doing it with a cloak of modesty. Oh. (laughs) When I see the word model, I'm always like... (laughs) Oh, I can't do a photo shoot to save my... Because at least with acting, like you're looking everywhere but the camera. Yeah. And you're saying somebody else's lines. And so there is an escape. Yeah. Like I don't have to feel raw. And that's kind of what the podcast though has given me is that I can just start rambling on about all this shit. Yeah, and you're not obligated in any way to be something you're not. Which yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Kat. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. I'm it's so excited. Really... I mean, I've been a fan of you for so really? long. Yes, yes. Well, tell me more. I'll <laughs> tell you. I think I've watched literally all of your movies. Oh gosh, that's really sweet. <laughs> I want to tell you. I know this is probably all strangers talk to you about, <laughs> but I don't have any tattoos. Okay. Part of it was because my mom thought that if I got a tattoo, that I would become like. A whore of a Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> but then it became sort of like, do I love something enough? Sure. And I bet you get that question a lot. Well, first of all, I love that you don't have any tattoos. Ten years ago, the statistics were that one out of three women in America have a tattoo. So I'm sure that's probably gone up since. I remember a time when no one had tattoos, especially women. And I liked that feeling. I felt like I didn't give a fuck and I was myself right. and I loved that. And then the success of TV shows and things like that and celebrities showing off tattoos on red carpet just like changed the perception of tattooing. And now everybody has a tattoo, right? So before I feel like it was almost this repellent. If it scared you off, that's fine because that meant that we shouldn't probably be friends, you know? But right. nowadays it's like the lady at the grocery store will feel they can just grab your arm and start talking to you about stuff. Whereas like I wrote something about this on my Instagram a few posts ago about tattoos and how funny they are because they are this outward form of self-expression, like other people see it, right. but it's it's one of the most intimate things right. that you would do, right. you do so for yourself. My brother had a friend who was this brilliant professor uh-huh. and he had these bars okay. as though he was trying to convey, I think, I don't know, <laughs> the idea of being imprisoned uh-huh. by yeah. capitalistic society or whatever. Yeah. And, and he wore that under his suit, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, I think is so yeah, cool. Yeah, but when I asked him about it, he said that he doesn't really love to talk about it. Yeah. And, then, and I felt embarrassed because what you were saying, yeah. that it is intimate. That yeah. it's like, okay, just because I have this doesn't mean it's open to conversation yeah. necessarily. But am I wrong? It's different for everybody. For me, I get tattooed for myself. I'm sure half of the tattoos that I have, people would be like, I would never get that, you know, which is totally fine because you don't have to. But there are other people that I mean, I've tattooed. I've been tattooed since I was 14 years old, hence why I didn't go to high school. I've tattooed portraits of loved ones that have passed on and people will get their portraits on their form and they love talking about them and they they love keeping the spirit of somebody 
alive in that sense. And I think it's just to each their own, you know, like some people want to share and talk about stuff and others don't. But back to what we were saying is that I love that you don't have any tattoos because you're like the new rebel, like <laughs> basically. You're a very rare I breed. Cavani is calling me the resistance yeah. because I'm scared. <laughs> Can I tell you yeah. something? I was in a relationship, my first husband, and he didn't have any tattoos either. And then one day he was like, I'm going to get your name tattooed on my arm. <laughs> And I said, please don't, please don't. <laughs> At the time, we weren't married. Uh-huh. And he did. Yeah. We went together. And the whole time, I'm like, what does this mean for yeah. me? Like, does this mean I am Trapped. like... Yeah. It, it felt... <laughs> yeah. He viewed it as romantic. Yeah. And I viewed it as, oh, boy, what's he going to do if I leave? Leave, yeah. And he changed it. He did? <laughs> did he cover it up? <laughs> he changed it to Hannah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you probably have done a lot of yeah you know it's funny a lot of people say like getting somebody's name is the curse and i don't think that that's necessarily the case i think what happens a lot of times is that people are in bad relationships and then they do these things like get a tattoo or have a baby to try salvage whatever is already damned oh for sure we were not in the greatest place yeah and so it was like oh wait uh, no 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 this is not gonna solve exactly i do have names of exes And it never bothered me until now. I don't look at the names and go, I hate that asshole, you know, even though they were total jerks. I just look at it, okay, this was a landmark in time. I don't have any resentment. But now that I'm happily married, it's the first time where I'm like, I kind of don't want to look at these anymore. And so I've started covering up some of them as I go. I think my husband's happy about that. (laughs) And how do you do that? Well, so when people want to get something covered up, like you have several options. Most of the time, it depends on how dark a tattoo is. Some are easier to cover up than others. You know, you just use like something with a lot of texture, whether it's like petals from a flower or leaves or something like that. And you kind of hide the name or the word within the design. And usually if you go to a good artist, they're pretty successful at doing that. Or uh, you could get laser and laser just is the worst. I've gotten a lot of laser tattoo removal. It is super painful. It, it seems like it's really yeah. painful. The healing time is terrible. You have to go a million times. Like it depends on how much you want to get rid of it. Can I come to your shop one day? Yes, of and course. Anytime. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I think that. you would love it too. Would you let me and cover you... up one of your tattoos? <laughs> yes. I'll wow. Let, wow. I'll let you Kat. tattoo me. Did you guys have a big wedding? We did and we didn't. So my husband's name is Raphael. Nobody ever calls him that. Only me. Most of his friends call him Rafa. When Rafa and I decided to get married, we were like, fuck everybody, let's just do me and you. And we just went to the courthouse and it was actually really romantic. You know, I thought it was going to be like, you stand in line and get some paperwork and it's very clinical. And it did look like a David Lynch movie, I have to say. Like the lady who married us was like a weird character and she had this book with whatever they say to people when they get married that I'm sure she's used on millions of other people. But the words ring so true and it was really emotional and beautiful. And afterwards we sat in our car and we listened to our song, which is a Nick Cave song called Into My Arms. And we cried and that was it. And it was nice. Ah, oh, that's really nice. And so afterwards, we decided to do an actual wedding ceremony for our friends and family. And that was big. Was it here in LA? Yeah, yeah. We turned the crystal ballroom at the Beverly Hills Hotel into what looked like Dante's Inferno. <laughs> it was that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. We made a video of it and uploaded it onto YouTube and a lot of people loved it and a lot of people were like confused. I think they thought it was like a satanic ritual or something. I don't understand when people would expect any different from us. I can't imagine myself in a white wedding dress or with white flowers everywhere. My wedding dress was red and I had these crazy reindeer horn oh, headpieces. Oh, hot. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. And instead of having a flower girl yeah. or whatever it is, I had like two contortionists dressed in like full body latex outfits, like face covered and everything. And they were just following me, holding my veil. It was really oh cool. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have like sung like a hymn. I ended up singing our song to him on a red piano and he started walking towards me as I was singing and my voice just cracked, just this overwhelming sense of love that I've obviously never felt my entire life. That's but incredible. Yeah, it was Well, cool. I love just getting to know you, yeah. that you are smiling the whole time, <laughs> and especially when you talk about your husband oh, and your family. Oh, thank you. It's, it's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I have a bunch of questions. Sure, cool. Maybe what we should do first 
is you can tell me about the something weird that you brought. Oh, okay, cool. First of all, I am like the queen of weird. I have nothing but weird stuff at my house. But I thought because it's a podcast, I should find something that's weird in the audio sense, I guess. I love that you yeah. thought about that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, you're in luck because I collect weird instruments, like obscure instruments. So most of them are too big to bring. So I brought this thing, what looks like a wooden suitcase, and it's kind of heavy. It looks like there's going to be a game inside. Yeah, it, it's like, like... backgammon or something. So I have a lot of friends that whenever they discover weird instruments, they'll either gift them to me or tell me about them. This one in particular just showed up. We don't really know where it came from. It showed up in my house one day, and I was like, what is this? So nobody knows? Yeah, I have a little music room. Like, I have a harpsichord, I have all these so other... some awesome person sent yes. you this weird thing, and you have no and idea. And maybe they're listening right now, and they'll, they'll tell me, hey, that was a gift for me. So then I was like, what the fuck is it? And so I tried to open it, which didn't work. So on one side, it's got holes, and some... I don't know, how do you describe that? Finger holes of yeah. some kind? Yeah, right. So I thought and maybe that's what India. it is. India. Yeah. Manoj Kumar, Sadar, and Brothers. Yeah, it has a little tag on the back that says that. And I Googled that. Nothing came up. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to play it right. Hey, dear listeners, we have to put a photograph of this because it's kind of impossible to describe, but it's incredible. Yeah, it's got like a little like briefcase handle what? on the top. It's got these little things that hold it in place. See, I just opened yeah. it right here. I'm going to open it on the back. One right here. Yeah. I can make it's a sound, like, this but feels, I'm probably playing it wrong. This is a traveling instrument. Right? Don't you think? I don't know. It opens up when you... Whoa. And into like this weird... What is going to happen? Yeah. And so you go... I start pumping it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's see if you can hear this. Ready? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> started doing this because I thought maybe this is how you play it but I don't know what I'm doing but but how cool is that sound that is amazing so one day what? I will figure out what it is yeah, and how to, to play figure it. Out what this is yeah we have to find out who gave this to you I know that all is of it. rad was that weird enough that is so fucking weird <laughs> cool. and so cool <laughs> sweet I mean how often do you get to see an instrument you've never seen before I know yeah and hear it it's such a pretty sound we don't even know what it's called yeah yeah we have some listeners in India yeah it seems like it's of Indian origin so if anybody knows what this harmonica box thing, briefcase <laughs> box yeah. is, please let us know. Okay, here are your choices. Okay. Tattoos. What's the most unusual tattoo you've uh-huh. ever given anyone? Yeah. High school. What were you like as a teenager and how did you dress? Uh-huh. Or what advice would you give your teenage self, which I think is something that we just shouldn't skip in general. Yeah, I love all these questions. Okay. Since I didn't go to high school, I always kind of refer to my high school years as my junior high years. I went to two weeks of my freshman year, but then I started tattooing. The first time I tattooed, I was like, the only way I could describe it, even though I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, I just remember like holding this ghetto handmade machine and tattooing this kid's arm. I just remember it felt like, I was home for the first time in my entire life. Like, this is what I was meant to do. And I just fell full on into it. I love drawing just as much. That's like a one-player game. But when you tattoo somebody, it's like this collaborative experience. And you're like bonding. I'll tell you right now, most tattooers are going to disagree with my approach to tattooing because I am very emotional and I connect with people intensely. Whereas most tattooers are like, this is a job. I don't like to be a therapist. But for me, I just felt this deep sense of... This is where I belong, you know? Yeah. And so I just, I was like, I'm not going to waste my time going to school when I already know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And so I never went back to school, much to my parents' dismay. What you said that's, I'm sure, very hard to articulate about the idea of the level of intimacy. Yeah. I love getting to know people, whereas I think there are a lot of tattooers that don't want to really talk. They just want to focus on the tattoo. And that's totally cool, too. But for me, I'm like, 
wow, you chose me out of everybody on this planet to tattoo you forever. And, you know, most people don't get tattooed because they're bored. They're getting something because it means something to them. So I've just heard so many amazing stories, inspiring stories that through tattoos, I've been able to like connect very deeply with people and learn about myself. But, you know, when I was 14 and I first started tattooing, I just was like, this is the coolest thing ever. It really wasn't until years later that I made the connection of how important it was to like help people heal through tattooing. So I knew that there was something special about tattooing when I was a kid, but it wasn't as deep as it got when I got to be older, you know. To answer your question about high school, so I was born in Mexico and then my family came to America in 1986 or 88, I can't remember. And we moved to the Inland Empire, which is about two hours from LA. And I don't know what it was from an early age. I've always felt like an outsider, even within my own family unit. My mom is really dark skinned. She looks Mexican. My dad looks white and he's like six foot four. So I came out looking more like my dad and my brothers and sisters look like my mom, but I do have my mom's dark eyes. But I think on a subconscious level as a kid, I just never felt like I belonged. And then that kind of stemmed into once I started going to school in general, elementary school too. Like I just didn't relate to a lot of people. I like to draw a lot. And then I discovered punk rock music when I was about 12. And then that changed my world. I was just like, whoa, you can think for yourself. This illusion of what was expected of you just totally flipped. And I realized I was free. These are big concepts for a 12 year old to have. Yeah. But I remember going to elementary school and I was like, why am I here? Do I have to be here? I don't have to be here. And I just walked off. I didn't do anything bad. I just went to like a nearby park and I sat in a bench and I was kind of just indulging in this sense of freedom. There was nothing out there at the time. So this was like the first elementary school that was built in that town. And so people called the cops once they found out there's a kid missing. And it was like this big deal. And they just found me on a bench. And my, my parents, I think, were just like confused, like, what the fuck is going on? You know, but I always felt like not normal. So punk rock music happened. And I saw these records like of what people looked like, you know, I saw like my first record was this band called the plasmatics. I just remember the cover so clearly it was like, she drove a Cadillac into a pool. And she was wearing either electrical tape on her nipples or something like practically naked. And then she had this like mohawk, like Mr. T. And she just had her fist in the air. And I was like, whoa, I want to be her. And then after that, you know, I saw like Susie and the Banshees and different people that were expressing whatever they felt on the inside, on the outside. And that's when I started fucking around with makeup. Did you get nervous the first time you were a little bit outlandish at school? So I remember putting on like black eyeliner as lipstick, for example. And I went to school and I did it on the bus because my mom would definitely not let me go out like that. I didn't feel nervous. I just felt empowered and it wasn't received well. You know, everybody was like, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? And then I look back and I'm like, oh, I was the token weird goth girl in the corner drawing and reading Edgar Allan Poe, you know, <laughs> but I don't know. I just maybe because I was so comfortable in, in my own skin, People liked me. Then I went to junior high and my first day of seventh grade, at that time I had a short bob and I had bleached it and I was wearing black lipstick and a Misfits shirt, I remember. And I walked past this crowd of girls that were pointing and laughing at me and Sarah Buxton yells, it's not Halloween. I felt like if I didn't kick her ass that I would continuously get hassled for the rest of my time at school. So I just felt... As much as I didn't want to beat her up, you need to do this or else you're going to get fucked with. And so I did. I, I beat her up to the point where they had to tear us apart and stuff. And that was the first time I saw my mom cry when she picked me up. And it wasn't something I wanted to do. Like, I don't like violence. But at the time, I just felt so scared, you right, know? Right. And then later on, I got on TV and like Sarah Buxton like no! messaged me to try to get a tattoo. And I was no! like, are you fucking serious? Like, do you not remember what you did? You know, what bothered me the most was that she oh was so boy. popular and like no. you had no need to pick on somebody, especially somebody who clearly had no friends. Like what part of you is so sad that you have to hurt somebody else, you right. know, and thankfully I was strong within myself that I didn't really let that get to me as much now. And I just laugh about it. But that was my high school experience. <laughs> I was definitely like a C minus on the social, <laughs> yeah. which is worse than being like D yeah. or not. It's like yeah. I haven't made a choice and I'm still kind of eager and I want to <laughs> be liked. Yeah. And then at one point I sunk into, if I can't join him, I have to 
beat them with weirdness. So I would wear yeah. like a Christmas tree skirt. Like I went anti-goth. Oh, we would have been best friends. <laughs> I would have loved that. I would have loved that. That was a lonely but formative time. Also, it was like my big thing that I remember was just wanting to escape. Yeah, like, me too. Needing to know that the world was bigger than my high school, than the homecoming or whatever. I needed to believe that there, there were was something fascinating more. people yeah. out there. Yeah. I think that's exactly what I felt like when I saw the cover of these records. I was like, whoa, there's another world outside of Canyon Elementary School. Like, you know, and there's people out there doing things that are inspiring and interesting and they're breaking through in a different way, you know? And I always wanted that. And I think um, because my parents forced me to play piano since I was five years old and I just became obsessed with Beethoven and he was just such a, he was like the first punk rocker in in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And I always wanted that. And I think, um, man, I went through a lot of shit that I probably shouldn't have gone through as a kid, leaving my house at such an early age and put myself in some dangerous situations. But I always managed to surround myself with other artists. And I think that, you know, water seeks its own level. And eventually you just find that, you know, I feel like I'm still there. There's nobody in my tribe that I don't look up to in some way. Kat, do you think that part of the reason that you are, you just described yourself as a hermit Mm. is because of the recognition factor? You know, I I think I was a hermit way before all that stuff happened. Since I was a kid, I go back and forth between being introverted and then I can flip it on if I want. Yeah. So I tend to connect with people really well. But if you were to ask me what I prefer, I'd prefer to be alone. Yeah. I have a small handful of friends, but they're solid. I think that a lot of the creative people that I've met in this town have that same thing. Yeah. You need to sort of regroup in. Yeah. Because then when we're out or whatever, for me at least, there's a bit of a performance. For sure. I'm putting on my clown suit. You know, like I feel the need to entertain to a certain degree and what's expected. A lot of people say that about LA too. They're like, oh, LA is like terrible. Everybody's fake. And I honestly think LA gets a bad rap because I think that that's the way of the world. Even if you work at a place with cubicles, you still have these social dynamics of like people being fake to you or people having agendas. Perhaps just living in LA, it's like on steroids or something. Yeah. If you want to be around people that don't care about you and be somebody's party favor or you're just friends with people because of who they are, then you're you're setting yourself up for these false relationships. I'm going to celebrate my 12th year being sober in July. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) But I remember when I did decide to stop drinking and doing drugs, my phone just went silent. Like nobody called me. Like, and I remember that was probably even harder than the withdrawals. Like, like realizing that you, you are truly alone. And it took a, a little bit of time to kind of center myself and realize that it's okay. Like I'm okay with being alone. And it kind of left more space for me to have real relationships Mm -hmm. with people and kind of start from scratch. You know, you filter out all these people that could give two fucks about you, you know? And sometimes you grow out of people. For sure. You know, now I'm married and my husband is, he's such a gentle soul. He's so, he's so sweet. He does not like to rock the boat. He does not like confrontation. So he'll, he's, a people pleaser, you know, and whereas I'm like very direct. I love that. I mean, I never want to change him because I love that about him. I think being with him helps me soften a little bit, you know, I'm a lot more patient. So the worst job you've had outside of the industry? Before I became a tattooer, I got a job at a movie theater. I wouldn't say it was a bad job. I was really grateful for it. And every job I've ever had, I've always taken something away. But I remember I passed out popcorn and... This was when I was partying and doing crazy stuff. So half of the time I was hungover. And remember that movie Blair Witch Project? Yeah. When that movie came out, there was just vomit everywhere. So I was like <gasps> oh, scrubbing no. vomit. Yeah, it was very glamorous. Movie theater audiences can be unbelievably sloppy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. What is that? Toenail clippings, all kinds of stuff. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do you feel like describing the worst date you've ever been on? Prior to my husband, I dated nothing but jerks. And so I don't even know if I've ever been taken out on a date. Is that so sad? No. I was actually (laughs) going to ask you because you seem like a monogamous person. Yeah, yeah. I would go through these consciously celibate periods um, in between relationships. But, you know, I dated somebody who cheated on me, like, intensely. I don't even know how it's physically possible to fuck so many people. Did you know? Well, the first batch of emails that I found were about 18 Confirmed people that he had sex with during the one year that we Did were together. Did you have together. an inkling within yourself? 
I think I was in denial, maybe a little bit. I wanted this to be real and it wasn't, but I used to be a hopeless romantic. Because I remember suspecting uh, an ex of cheating on me. And Were they? Yeah, yeah. I woke him up in the middle of the night and I was like, are you fucking so-and-so? And he was like, you're crazy. And I'm pretty oblivious sometimes, yeah. you know, especially in relationships. I, Of course, I don't want to believe that anything. Yeah, sure. But there was that gut feeling that was yeah. like starting to grow more and more. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. More. Listen, I, I believe in intuition is not something witchy. I think it's science. Like our body is capable of picking up on signals faster than our mind is able to process them. So most of the time when you have this sense of instinct, it's not an illusion, unless obviously you are a truly insecure person. You think everybody's out to get you. That's a different story. But I think if something tells you that something doesn't feel right, most of the time I do listen to that voice within me. And not to be too gender specific, yeah. I do think as women, we're sort of taught to suppress yeah. like fear or suspicion because we might be deemed as suspicious or yeah. neurotic or crazy yeah. or whatever. Or you don't want to come off as insecure or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that in my case, I was like, okay, maybe he's right. Maybe I am crazy. Yeah. Maybe I'm like- How did you find out that it was real? My friends. Yeah, they knew. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a few years later. Yeah. But the fact that I felt those things and then I chose to bury them. Yeah. And I think that's normal. For me, it's not that I was suspecting. What happened was he had to go in for ankle surgery or some shit. So I was at the hospital holding his stuff. And then he took his phone and put it on top of the stack of clothes. And I just, you know, I'm the kind of person that like if your phone goes off, you know, I just want to be respectful of people's privacy. But the phone was in my face, you know, right. and I was holding it up with both of my arms. So I looked down and there was like, you know how it shows you a preview of a text when you get a text message? Yeah. I saw it and I was like, whoa, did I just see what I thought I saw? And so after that, I just, I was like, oh, now I have full permission to go through everything. And that's when I went yeah. through his emails. It was shocking. You know, I was like, I couldn't, I was like, maybe these are old emails. I even sent a screenshot to my assistant at the time. I'm like, does that say this year <laughs> or is that maybe maybe an old email from like two years ago? I don't know. I was just grateful that I was in a position to understand that it wasn't about me. I think a lot of women get cheated on or people, people get cheated on and then they feel like they weren't good enough or right. something was wrong with them. I'm like, I know my power. Like I know I'm an amazing girlfriend. Of course, I'm annoying in other ways too, but I didn't think this was about me. This was about his own issues yeah that he's trying to compensate and find right. validation through sex or through other people and yeah and that that made me sad for him you know and like you it wasn't until after i left him that my friends came out and said hey he was fucking this girl and i'm like why didn't you tell me yeah. man like if my friend is getting cheated on i will definitely tell them you know they could have spared me a, a year of yeah. anguish hence why i think i'm in a good relationship now with my husband i mean i had to go through all that to be the best girlfriend or wife or partner and to find the right person for me too. So anyways, what was the question? Worst dates ever? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have too much dating experience yeah, either. I always would dive in head first. Do you think it's because you knew what you liked? You know, I've like never had a one night stand, not knocking anybody who has, but 
it's just never been in my nature. Like, I don't know how to fuck. I have to be in love, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I think that I can easily fall in love with anything almost. Like, in a way, I can see the goodness in things and magnify it. I should say, my old self used to do that. I wanted to feel that, you know? And yeah. so I would finish people's sentences for them in my mind almost and make them amazing people, you know? And when in reality, they were really undeserving of my love. So obviously I've had to fix a lot of that stuff and correct my thinking and heal a lot of shit to get to where I am now. I mean, I had to go through all that to set myself up to be the best girlfriend or wife or partner and to find the right person for me too, you know. Kat, will you tell me how you met your husband? It's a little bit of a funny story because we actually met 14 years ago. But again, that was back when I was drinking. So I don't remember it, but he does. This was in the MySpace days. And so I guess he was like stalking my MySpace and he thought I was the coolest thing ever. And so he uh, called the tattoo shop I was working at the time and pretended like he wanted a tattoo so that he could get a consultation appointment with me. And then he drove up from San Diego and I vaguely remember, but he remembers it clearly. And then obviously time passed and I got sober and all that stuff. And then we had a mutual friend. Do you know Travis Barker? Yes. Yeah. So he texted me and he was like, hey, there's this band, they're called Prayers, and the singer is like a big fan and he wants you to be in a music video. And I was like, ugh. I'm always like casted for like be a vampire or like a biker or like, you know, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to do it, you know, so then it's like the exact opposite of what I'm cast as. It's <laughs> awesome. So then uh, he was like, well, you know, here, here's a link to their last music video if you want to check them out. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And so then I happened to have a few minutes and I was like, you know what? I'm just curious to see what they look like. And I clicked on this music video and it was this Mexican dude with tattoos all over his head. And he was like staring at a mirror singing and he had really long nails, like acrylic nails. And he was putting on lipstick and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is the coolest thing on the planet. I need to be in the same sentence with him, you know? <laughs> and so I, I texted him, I texted Travis back and I'm like, hey, I've been living under a rock or something. I've never heard of these guys, but they sounded like if The Cure had a baby with Trejo, just like a thug. And their genre is called cholo goth. So it's like very 80s synth, but then his lyrics and delivery of lyrics is very aggressive. And it's just like these two worlds that, never belong together. And so he comes over to the house to show me this treatment for the music video he wanted me to do. And he was just so shy and the opposite of what he looked like in the video as far as like, um, you know, on the video, he was just this like rock star. And then now he's sitting in front of me and he's like legs crossed and he's just very respectful and sweet. Anyways, his idea for the music video was so cool that I was like, yeah, I would love to do this. And then I was working on my album. And so he listened to some of my songs. And he's like, Oh, we should do a song together. So I sang on one of his songs. And we ended up playing a show together. And during soundcheck, his bandmate, because there's only two guys in his band, he doesn't speak English. So in Spanish, he told me, you know, hey, I had a vision, I had a dream. And they're usually always right. But I I had a dream that you and Rafa had a baby. (laughs) And I like looked over at Rafa, he was at his mic, and he was just like hiding behind his acrylic nails, like all shy. And I was like, wait a minute, does this guy like me? I just had no idea. I, w- I thought we were like, you know, he, he was in the friend zone, you know, and then I just, I, I, I went back home after we played that night, and I texted him and I was like, I can't stop thinking about that vision. And uh, he came over and we haven't been apart since. It feels like you're also describing your personality yeah. as well. He's he, like shy and introverted, but he's like a total book nerd. You know, he's so intelligent and very philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like perfect match. And when we got together and we posted a picture on Instagram, people were just like, this is perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. When did you find out that he was kind of stocky? When we were he- dating for like a week before he told me, you know, we've met before. And I was like, What? I, I was like, so when you were sitting in front of me in my living room, you knew the whole time. And he's like, yeah, I just didn't want to come off weird or whatever. But I love it. I, lo- I think I mean- it's impressive that it took only a week, actually, because <laughs> if it had been like five years. It worked out great because to me, it, it really told me that, okay, you've liked me for so long, even at my worst. It's great that the time passed that I was able to work through my shit and all that stuff. And now this is the best version of me. So it's I'd rather him have that than like have gone through crazy cat phase. So you take callers on yeah. and they're going to ask we, for advice? Yeah. I'm not great at it, but I really try hard. Okay. I, <laughs> I love these people who are actually willing to 
talk to me and ask That's us awesome. questions. Okay. Hello. Hi, is this Rachel? Yeah, it's Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. This is obviously Anna, and I'm here with Kat Von D, who's fucking rad. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. Hi, Kat. <laughs> Tell us what's happening. I'm calling because I live here with my husband. We've been married for just over five years now, and the topic of babies is sort of coming up, and I am just like completely stuck in a rut with the whole idea of all of that. Basically, I mean, it's all like putting your body through that, but also on top of that, I live so far from my family. But I think the biggest thing for me is I just equate having kids with divorce. My parents are divorced. My mom was married a few times. So I just kind of think like, oh, the second I have a kid, that's going to be it. I just don't know how to get over my uh, irrational fear, I guess. First of all, Rachel, I think it's unbelievably intelligent that you are even thinking about this stuff. I think that Kat might agree with me. I don't know if there's any right time. I don't know if you're ever prepared because it does sort of upend your life. I love the UK, but I've only like worked there for a few months at a time. Are you happy there? For now, I definitely think it's where we're supposed to be. We're really, really happy here. And I think that kind of also throws a wrench in things because it's like, do you have kids here? Do you wait and you have them back in California? It's just like, it's the most confusing thing ever. I think we do want to go back sometime and hopefully in the near future. <laughs> I can't see myself living in the UK forever, but it's just difficult because we're both so close to each of our families. And if we have a kid, it's just sort of like a lose-lose situation. It's like his family loses out if we move to California, but then if I stay in England, then my family sort of loses out Where's the pressure coming from? Is it coming from, like, your husband, your family? Gosh, it's so, like, cliche to say, but it's biological clock. I'm, like, 30. Like you said, no time's sort of the right times. I I feel like, actually, I mean, it goes both ways. I think no right is the right time, and any time is the right time, too. I, I had my baby a year ago, and I'm 37, and I never imagined my life with kids at all until I met my husband. And I felt excited about the possibility of having a baby together all of your worries, like they seem really valid, but things just tend to fall into place. You know, I mean, it's never going to be the perfect time in the sense that, okay, you could move next year, you could not or whatever. Regardless, you can always move with your child. You know, my husband and I don't have any help. Both of our families live pretty far from us. And to be honest, is kind of a blessing in some ways. Yeah. From my perspective, I got pregnant at 35. It took about a year to get pregnant after like 35 you're considered a geriatric pregnancy it's so crazy (laughs) which is so unfair you shouldn't be worried about that at all i just don't think you should get pregnant out of societal pressure if it happens it's amazing i don't think it's so much societal pressure i think it's more just a limbo we don't know where we're gonna be or okay well maybe we should make a plan in three years we're all going to move to California and we're going to have a baby before that. And so I guess life just doesn't really work out that way. Uh. So maybe what you're feeling right now is just sort of general displacement. I wonder if the pregnancy is sort of a focus that you can pinpoint when it has to do with a broader idea. There seems to be layers to your question because I think like, um, you know, I'm going to go back to your point about the um, association with having a baby and divorces. My question to you would be like, where are you at with the relationship? Like, are you and your husband solid? Oh, yeah. That can really eliminate the fear of um, of divorce because, you know, my parents are divorced too, but I don't want to be anything like them when it comes to their yeah. marriage, you know? And I know that I have the power to do that. So I feel like if you have a really solid relationship with your husband, you can kind of like check that worry off of the list of worries. My parents are happily married and my brother and I have been divorced twice. Each. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no rhyme or reason, I yeah. think. Yeah. He is the most supportive person on the planet. He's like, if you want to wait, we'll wait. If you want to do this, we can do this. He's 100% amazing. But then I think to myself, well, maybe my mom and my dad were 100% amazing when they were about to have kids. And then, you know, and then the kids came along and then everything broke down. And I, I just have this stupid fear. It's of it. not stupid. It's not at all. stupid. But, Rachel, I think that this is only a question that you and your husband can answer for yourselves, but I know that so many people feel this way. 
your concerns are really valid, it will shift your relationship for better or for worse. In awesome ways, too, because I think a lot of people like especially in movies and stuff, they portray like life after children as being miserable. To be honest, we have so many more inside jokes that like we laugh about pertaining to our baby and stuff that we wouldn't have if we didn't have a baby. There's so many awesome things to look forward to. Um, You can drive yourself crazy, like thinking about all the worst case scenarios, but if you're there, maybe there's just a lot more thinking that needs to be going you into You just it. turned 30. You have a lot of time. I'm glad in a lot of ways that I waited till I was 35. Mm. And I didn't expect for it to take that long for me to get pregnant. But I'm glad that I was that it happened to me a little bit later in life because I was so career focused for, yeah. for so long that I feel like I would have been resentful yeah. towards my child and my partner if I had done something earlier rushed that yeah yeah but having said that we're all on our different journeys so part of me wants to say wait but that also feels really arrogant because i haven't lived your life it sounds like you have an awesome relationship and that definitely i feel like is the cornerstone to all of it you know it's like having like that love and that romance that's still alive. I think it's so important to protect that. A lot of people become very baby centric once they have a baby and they really forget their relationship. My husband and I really made like a vow to ourselves that we were going to always protect our relationship first, because if we didn't have this union, we wouldn't have the baby. So that's something that's really, really important. You know, have you found like a sense of community there? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wasn't very different from California. Like, I feel like I definitely gave up a lot of my hobbies and passions a little bit moving over here with, like, everything out in California is very outdoors, and you can go kayaking and hiking, and here it's very just like cold and, and rainy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different than that. So I would say I found like as good a community as I had back home, but I've made good friends and I still have good people around me. So yeah, I do wonder if some of this is out of homesickness. Yeah, absolutely. I've always been super homesick and I thought it would get better over time, but it almost it kind of seems to get worse. Worse, I think. I think as far as the baby goes, I feel like you'll be pleasantly surprised at how willing and excited family members are to come and visit, especially during those big milestones and stuff. It's probably best to just like be aware that I know I'm feeling this way and then like be proactive about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, Rachel. I think that you should get pregnant tonight, yeah, quite me frankly. Too. <laughs> <laughs> me do too. it. We'll just run back inside, 10 o'clock, wake him up. Yeah. 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 Nice. yeah. But- wake him up. Well, thanks so much for your guys' advice. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> hey, Rachel. And good luck yeah. with everything. Thank you. And thank you so much for your call. And let us know what happens. Thanks. All right. I love you, we Rachel. Will, will do. Thanks thank so you. much. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Hello? Hi, is this Christina? Yes, hi. Hi, it's Anna. I'm here with Kat Von D. Who's so fucking rad. (laughs) That is so fucking cool. Hi, Christina. Oh, my gosh. I'm in shock right now. Oh, Christina, thank you for submitting your question. Will you tell us what's going on? You're so sweet to do this. So I have a buddy of mine. We've been friends for about 10 years now, and we went to college and everything together. I've been watching her go through a lot of failed relationships, relationships that haven't been going her way for one reason or another, and it really has taken a toll on her, and I can see it in her eyes, and I can see it in her face that she's so desperate to move on with this part of her life and 
to find somebody to share everything with. She went through a really bad accident that left her in a coma. And because of that, she can't really have a job. The government pays her to stay home. And she can't really go out there and meet other people, socialize that way, get to know other people. And it, it really does take a toll on her. And and I know that that's something that eats her up inside. But I'm calling today because she, she met somebody off Tinder about two months ago. And now she, she wants to move in with him. And I feel as though she's moving a little too quick. I feel as though she doesn't know him enough. I really don't know what to do in this situation. Have you did, met him yet? I did. I met him. He was a guest at my wedding. I got married about a month ago. Oh, congrats. Thank you so much. Thanks. And she had asked me, can I bring him to the wedding? And I was like, yes, but on the requirement that I need him beforehand because I had a really small wedding. Yeah, that's always and so weird. Everybody huh? at my wedding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I met him before and he was fantastic, almost too good to be true in mm. a sense that he's really nice. He's overly nice, but. I just, I got a weird vibe from him and the whole situation. And now she's telling me she wants to move in with him. And I don't know what to do because she's always, whenever I say it's maybe not the best idea, she compares it to me and says, well, you're married, you have a house, you have this. We're the same age, right? So she wants to be at the same place that I am. And I'm trying to reassure her that we all move at different paces and you don't necessarily need to be at the same place in life that I am and I don't know what to do. Well, here's the thing, I think, with friends. I think you can only be supportive. Yeah. If you say okay. you're moving too fast, she'll most likely sever herself from you. Okay. If you guys have had an imbalance in your relationship in terms of friendship, even if it's harmless, like you covet sometimes things that your friends have. Maybe she's doing that with you a little bit. So then I think you just have to be supportive and just yeah. be there for her. Okay. Speaking as somebody who used to be like your friend, actually, you know, I would always like yeah. just dive head on to like crazy relationships and move in too fast and all that stuff. I just know that having friends that were honest with me was welcome. Yeah. But more importantly, it was what Anna said, which is the support. So like, even if you were to, okay. to be honest, which it sounds like you already have been, you know, saying, hey, mm -hmm. this is concerns me, but I have your back. And then just know that yeah. if it falls apart, you'll be there too. Yeah. Well, this is the second time this has happened mm. where she met somebody, they really clicked off Tinder. And then two months later, she wants to move in. But at that time, it didn't work because of his religious beliefs. And now she's kind of repeating the same pattern. And it really took a toll on her the first time. And I, I don't want her to live through that again. It might happen five more times. Yeah, and yeah. like you said, everybody's on their own journey. You know, it took about five rounds before I I stopped and, you know, made some changes and, and found the right guy. But I was always so grateful mm -hmm. for all my friends that didn't judge me or make me feel bad for all the fuck ups I did, you know? Yeah, um, okay. yeah me too. I'm so grateful for my friends that yeah. are like, yeah, we saw you go through that yeah. and we're, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> These are important individual lessons that everyone needs to go through. Exactly. Also, though, mm -hmm. have you felt like a little bit of a post-wedding? I always described it as like December 26th, where it's like yeah. you've been working on this thing for, you know, a year or whatever. And it's yeah. awesome and everything. But then there's like that okay, well, what do I focus my energy on now? And I just, I think that with yeah. your friend, she needs to go through this. As long as you don't yeah. think he's like a killer or yeah. something. <laughs> and even then you just, not. you just have to like give your support and you just have to be there for Because it sounds like she's envious of yeah. you. We all get envious of each of other at some point or another. But it sounds like that. And who knows, this guy might be awesome. Like if, you know, mm -hmm. maybe he isn't too good to be Trini. He's actually a good guy. You know, my husband and I got married quite quickly and some people thought it was a little bit too soon, but um, I just okay. was confident that like I knew it was right at the time and time will tell, you know, and, yeah. and so, you know, who knows, maybe this guy will be the one who knows. I mean, a stranger things have happened on Tinder, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, of course. I think it's just that's wearing on me as well as the fact that she just always compares to me, even in her hard that she gave me to my wedding, she had written, like, I don't know what to wish for you guys because you guys already have everything. I don't know how many times I can tell her that everybody has different things that we should yeah. be grateful for what we have. And 
really hard well, you, you to, should just to take put that as a compliment though that's a nice compliment yeah. i think uh Anna and i were talking earlier about like admiring our friends and our surroundings are the bars that we're setting for ourselves and it sounds like she has a good positive influence with you i think that's a good thing there's a difference between admiring and, and envy and it doesn't sound like she's malicious mm-hmm. right she sees greener pastures uh, on the other side you know and i think that's not necessarily a bad thing and if anything you just have to keep being that role model for her right yeah i think you have to tread lightly for the next few months with her decision making because i think that she may be you know sometimes people it's like they're asking to have a lash out you know, it's, yeah. it's like they're subconsciously trying to bait you a little bit. Mm. I don't know if your mm-hmm. friend is doing this in any way at all. And I know that you're loving and protective of her. I just think right now to protect her and your relationship with her, I think you, mm-hmm. you're you just like, I'm so glad you're in love. You know, I, I mm. think that, that's, that, okay. that should be the messaging for right now. That way she will be able to come to you yeah, if yeah. things okay. do get rocky. You will feel like a safe place yeah. as opposed to a critical mm-hmm. mom. Okay. I think that you have to be really supportive and loving towards her, maybe even reach out to her more than you normally would. And then if things do go poorly, hopefully they won't. But if they do, then you okay. are a safe place for her, you know, where she doesn't feel judged okay. and she can tell you like, he was a creep or whatever, or the opposite. Like, will yeah. you be my matron of mm-hmm. honor now? Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Just love her for exactly who she is right now. She could probably really use that, mm-hmm. especially going through the hardships that she's been through. Okay. Christina, I hope we helped. Thank you so much. Please, please keep in touch. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Can I give you a compliment? Okay. (laughs) So when I have a guest on the podcast that I have never met before, I try to imagine the ways in, like what I think their interests might be or what questions. And I was thinking before I met you, before you came over, something that I'm embarrassed about now, but I thought that maybe you would be somebody with a high level of defense. Oh, no. (laughs) I know I can be guarded, Yeah. but you're so fucking amazing and sensitive and open and i really admire that i want to move in with you and (laughs) i I think you're just incredible thank you thank you so much for being here oh no this was amazing i loved it i love everything about this podcast and i had so much fun 